the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back to the program. With us today in studio is Pastor Paul Shepard, Senior Pastor of Destiny Christian Fellowship, located in Fremont. And if you're new to the Bay Area, looking for a new church home, be sure to check them out. You can get information on the web at destinybayarea.org. That's destinybayarea.org. And we'll tell you more about the church and Pastor Ball's daily radio broadcast coming up a little bit later on in our conversation. I want to come back to a remark you made toward uh, the end of the last segment, that that sense of being real and in some respects, I think, raw in front of the Lord. Oftentimes, there is a, a, a mindset within Christendom that says that we have to follow a certain pattern of behavior to the public in a fashion in which we're almost trying to impress people and I, and I wonder if sometimes in that effort to try and, and conform with expectations of, 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 of public behavior, that sometimes um, we therefore don't allow ourselves to be real or genuine, not only with each other, but, but most importantly, we fail to be genuine with the Lord. It's almost as if we put on our church mask right. on Sundays, and then we have our Monday through Friday work mask. And if we're on the crazy party side, we put on our party mask <laughs> on Saturdays. So that's then right. we become like almost like multiple personalities. That's right. And I think that's such a shame. And one of the things I want to see more and more of us in the body of Christ adopt is the attitude that going to church is really like taking your empty car to the filling station. You go just fill up it is where you drive after that that really counts. Church is not the place to try to pretend to be uh, perfect or anything like that. It's the place to worship the God who loves us where we are and loves us too much to leave us where we are. So he has us on a journey. We go worship him. We take in his word. We fellowship with his people. And then the living starts when you leave the church because we are to let our light shine and I want, I want more Christians, and one of the things I'm passionate about and talk about a lot at Destiny is let's get used to being real and honest, no matter what you have to be honest about. And if we'll do that, we will find that Christ is what we're looking for. He is currently in my church. I'm preaching from John chapter 4, and I'm just amazed. I've known that story all my life. But Jesus intentionally said, I have to go through Samaria, not just because the geographical route was going to take him there, but because he had a divine appointment with a woman at a well who was thirsty, and she was thirsty for more than water. So he met her at a well, and then he declared himself to be what she needed, and it changed her life. We've got to get used to being okay with being thirsty and then going to Christ and saying, 
I want that living water. And when it gives it to us, be prepared to let our light shine, as that lady did. She ran down off of that encounter into town and said, come see a man who told me everything I did. Now, truth is, Jesus didn't tell her everything, but he got so in her business that she knew he knew it all. And it changed her. And I think we need to be in the business of life change. Let people come just as they are. Churches have to get away from the idea that you got to dress a certain way because the truth is we need to invite people in just as they are. But once they meet Christ and get a taste of the living water, he'll change them from the inside out. Does this lack of, we'll call it genuineness or candor, uh, sometimes create a barrier then between the the church and the unchurched? And I, and I ask that question because we'll hear comments sometimes from unchurched folks who will say, well, I don't want to go to church because they're all a bunch of hypocrites. Right. Or others who say, well, I'd like to go to church, but, you know, I, my life isn't all that uh, together right now. And, and, you know, I kind of feel embarrassed in front of God. So when I get my act together, then I'll start <laughs> going to church. And, and, and then there's the whole subset where we hear from some of these studies done by the likes of George Barna, for example, where yes. we find out the the alarming rate of which young people come through the church, reach their late teens, early 20s, abandon the church, in greater numbers not returning, or people who say, you know what, just that whole church thing seems to be my dad's generation, my grandparents' generation, not for me. And I have to wonder if part of it is a sense of impression that people get, a false impression about not only what the church is, but who God is, who Jesus is, because we're not real with ourselves. We're sure. not real with others. And people out there are searching, dealing with real problems, real issues in life that are looking for real answers. And they come back and say, well, church just seems to be kind of phony to me. Yeah. And I think we should take that as a as a rebuke and as a challenge. Let's show the world that we are not a place, we're not a country club for great people. We are a hospital for sick people, and we have to be willing to admit that I, too, am a, am a patient here. And I'm, I'm blessed to have seen a lot of progress in my life since I've been, been walking with the Lord, but I'm not perfect. I still have issues, but Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And if I keep walking with him, he has made me promises that are going to come to pass in every area of my life. And if we will be real, I'm discovering, if we'll be real with people, they will appreciate the honesty. And that, in many cases, will make them chance it and come check us out and see if our message can apply to their lives. Is part of the message, too, the understanding that there is nothing that is beyond the realm of God to heal, to restore, to renew, to revitalize? Um, and, I, and I ask that question because you mentioned in the previous segment about the current teaching series that you're on, Yes, the woman at the well. I, I think exemplary of maybe a mentality for a lot of us where we almost seem to be Surprised to discover that God knows it all, even though we think we're keeping this secret, this thought, this behavior, whatever in our life that stands between us and a relationship with the Lord or our spouse, our children, whatever, that we think somehow that's the one thing we don't want to let get out, quote right. unquote, uh, failing to recognize that not only is the Lord fully aware, but fully willing and capable to come and say, let me take that from you. Let me heal. Let me restore. Let me let me return to you that which the locusts have eaten in your life and allow you to walk and experience full healing, full restoration. And I wonder if we miss out on that often because they think 
we think we're fooling God. That's right. And and what that woman learned is that Jesus, this was not a casual encounter, as I'm sure it felt to her at the beginning. By the time he was saying, go get your husband, and she says, well, I don't have a husband. And when he was able to say, that's right, you've had five, and the guy you're with now is not your husband, I'm sure she was shocked out of her mind. But the good thing she learned is he doesn't know me to condemn me. He knows me so that what seems like a confrontation is really a carefrontation. And we've got to learn that Jesus knows all of us at the core. In fact, he knows about us what we don't yet know about ourselves is what Peter found out in Luke 22, the night Jesus was betrayed. I have uh, per- was, was betrayed. I've come to find that out in my life. I was in ministry when I made my biggest mistakes and, and had my greatest failure. I'm in ministry known uh, worldwide for preaching. And we've got to understand that the Lord is not shocked by us. We get shocked by ourselves. But the big thing is he never comes to us merely to condemn us. If the Lord wanted us condemned, he'd have, he'd have let Jesus stay in heaven because we were doing a good job of condemning ourselves. In fact, Jesus says, after for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He goes on to say, God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And so we must know that our confronting God is really a carefronting God, wants to change our lives for the better. Do we need to work harder in communicating that message, Pastor Shepard? And I ask that because there's a lot of people, perhaps eavesdropping on our conversation right now, that are disenfranchised. And by that, I mean, they, they, they want to know God. They recognize that there seems to be something missing in their life. And yet they've been hurt by the church or they've been hurt by the perception that God is standing in heaven with a huge fly swatter just <laughs> right. waiting for us to get out of line before he can come along That's and right. go slap and That's knock us right. back. And we have that sense that that God is more focused on condemnation than restoration. And so as a result, that oftentimes for a lot of folks creates a huge barrier. How do we how do we dispel that, quite frankly, lie from the devil, I'll call it, Yes, and help people to better understand that, you know, sometimes the church has made mistakes. Yes. Um, sometimes there are mistakes in our perception about who God is or who the character of Jesus is. Yes. But in reality, God is not all about seeing how many people he can catch doing what today and punish them as severely as possible because he takes delight in that. That's right. We've got to help the. I think we have to create a culture of honesty in not only our congregations, but in any group setting where you can get some believers together, whether it's home groups or alpha meetings or whatever it is. We must create a culture where being honest is not only acceptable, being honest is what we all but demand of each other because it is only in honesty that we can become who God has destined us to be. So I, for instance, in my local congregation, we ask the men to come together, those whose schedules will allow it, to come together twice a month. Uh, Most of the time it's twice a month. We call it men of destiny. It's simply the, the men who come to our church. And I say, if you can meet me, Let's do that. And we go through different books and different resources. Currently, we're going through Dr. Tony Evans' 
book, uh, Kingdom Man, but it kind of doesn't matter which resource it is, just something that will help us get focused on God's agenda for our lives. But one of the things I've said in these meetings is there's one thing you're not allowed to do here, and that is to front. You've got to be honest because there's no future in fronting. There's no future in pretending, but there is transformation and life change available to people who will be honest. And so I'm loving seeing men come together, pull the, the mask off because we can't use it in this meeting, and just tell us where you are because that's where Jesus wants to meet you, and that's where he will change your life. Pastor Paul Shepard from Destiny Christian Fellowship with us today in studio. By the way, if you appreciate what you're hearing so far, let me remind you that Pastor Paul will be featured coming up tomorrow, Saturday at 5 o'clock with a reprise of this broadcast, and then a full sermon message Sunday at 12 noon right here on KFAX. Information, by the way, about Destiny Christian Fellowship available on the web at destinybayarea.org. That's destinybayarea.org. A brief timeout back to more of our conversation right after this. Get you an update on traffic. Michael Bennett in the KFAX Traffic Center. Michael. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. We're back with Pastor Paul Shepard, Senior Pastor at Destiny Christian Fellowship, located in the city of Fremont. By the way, if you're new to the Bay Area and searching for a new home, check them out. They meet Sunday mornings, 8.30 and 11 a.m., and you can get complete information on the web at destinybayarea.org. That's destinybayarea.org. Let's talk about the name of the church, and you've made references as you've shared from your own life today, Pastor Paul, of that sense of God having his, his imprint on your life. We know fundamentally that God has a plan for all of us, but that sense of being destined. Yes. And as you suggest, not only in the name of your radio broadcast, but the name of the church, that that sense of destiny is very intentional. Talk to me about that. Well, that's because I've really come to appreciate that we didn't start our spiritual journey, so we shouldn't expect that we are responsible for completing it. The idea in a journey is all you got to do is stay on the road and whoever's leading the journey, follow them. That's what Jesus came to do. I, I say it a lot these days. Jesus didn't come to start a religion. He came to change lives, and his method of changing lives is I'm going to call people to follow me. That's the only thing I want them to do, follow me. I don't want them to teach themselves how to be perfect because that's an exercise in futility. I don't want to teach them how to be religious. I want them to follow me. In the followership, he shows us everything. He teaches us what we need to learn as we follow him. In fact, if you're listening and you're unchurched and you've been soured by church, let me remind you, church is can be a wonderful experience if you find people who are on the journey and are not trying to pretend to be what they're not. Instead, they're just on the journey with Christ. Then you'll find new life and new hope as you go to church because church is just our method of following Christ in worship, in fellowshipping with others, in learning his word, and then applying his word in our lives. And so I think that destiny theme is very important. He started out saying, I began the good work in you, Philippians 1, 6, 
I will bring it to completion. And all we have to do is stick with him along the way, and you will find yourself arriving at a destination you never imagined possible before. So the undercurrent here is that this is not only very intentional from God's standpoint, but uh, and, I, and I think of the fact that there are workshops and seminars and books and public speakers all designed to help people come up with a plan. Yes. Figure it out and create your own sense of whatever it is you want to do. Right. What you're suggesting is that Scripture tells us that God has a plan for us, but it's the matter of yielding yes. to that plan and his lordship to see that come to fruition, to see the completion, as you just quoted the passage of Scripture, the yes. completion of what he's began in us. So is the challenge here not trying to create a plan of our own, but rather coming to terms in our own relationship with the Lord to yield to him, to learn to trust him enough to say, okay, God, uh, normally I'm used to, I got this. Yep. Now I'm going to say, Lord, you got this. That's right. I think we've got to understand some fundamental truths. One is that the concept of self-help uh, is, I mean, that's an oxymoron. There, We can't help ourselves. The, the sooner we learn, I cannot get myself to where I really need to be. Now, sure, we can have a lot of personal pursuits and even they can be successful, but we have to think of what Jesus said. What does it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his soul? So the church is the place where you will find yourself pointed in the right direction, not just looking for personal fulfillment, but looking for the fulfillment of divine destiny. And God is the one who establishes that in your life, and he is the one who says, I will bring it to Completion. And, and there should be a sense of complete, uh, utter, I think, release and, and, and satisfaction in knowing that, listen, you talk about self-help. I mean, in a sense, uh, the, the old covenant was kind of based on self-help. <laughs> That's true. God has said, okay, here is the list of rules and regulations. You must abide by them. And, of course, quickly mankind demonstrated that we were totally incapable <laughs> of doing that on our own. That's we right. could not help ourselves. We could not save ourselves. So God said, I got an even better plan. Yes. And 100% of the plan is going to be on me. Yes. I am going to provide my son. He will serve as that, 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 that sacrificial lamb without blemish or blame or sin who will be sacrificed on your behalf that in him and through him and his work on the cross, you will be able to find forgiveness and restoration, reconciliation, and walk in relationship with me. And so that whole self-help plan thing kind of proved to be a disaster from the very beginning. Absolutely. That's why uh, the Bible tells us that the law was a schoolmaster bringing us to Christ. When you get a full awareness of your insufficiencies through trying to live up to God's holy standard in your own power, then you're ripe to become a follower of Christ. And when we do that, that's when we will see the, the power of God made available to us. And in other words, God's strength is only made perfect, according to the Apostle Paul, in our weakness. So sometimes he has to make sure we get to the weakest moments so that we can tap into the strength and the all-sufficiency 
of the power of God. And what a sense of joy to come to the realization that, as Scripture tells us, while we were yet sinners, yes. he died for us. That our own sense of, of self-righteousness, as Paul said, is, is a filthy rags. And so that, that ability to say, wow, I can breathe a huge sigh of relief knowing that my salvation is based not on what I do, but what he already did. Yes. I just have to come to the point of yielding and surrendering and trusting. Yes. In fact, one of the ways that I try to help shape this for people as they uh, come to church is to say, listen, the plan of God for your life is much like what the GPS does when you say, here's where I want to arrive at. You put in the address and then your job is to just follow. I said, that's what it's like when you get saved. He's asking you to just follow. In fact, he puts in the destination because you don't even know where you're going to end up. He puts in the destination. He says, you just follow my instruction. I even say, uh, we need to look at the average GPS as as a wonderful metaphor for what we learn in Christ, because at least when they first came out in, in cars, you would see the screen show you the map, and then you would hear the voice uh, telling, giving you verbal directions. And I have learned that uh, that's a great metaphor for your spiritual journey because the Word of God is the map and the voice of the Holy Spirit through His Word and by His Spirit speaking to you every day as you read His Word. That's the vo- voice. So all you got to do is follow. I even tell our church when we're dealing with our mess-ups in in our lives realize that when you don't take the turn the GPS told you to take, and sometimes if you're listening to music so loudly you don't hear the voice or you're in an argument in your car or whatever it is, and you don't pay attention to the instruction, you find yourself somewhere they did not tell you to go. I said, but if you'll notice, when you look at the screen, you'll see the word recalculating. And the voice before long says it gives you the next set of instructions. I tell them I've never heard my my uh, GPS voice rebuke me and 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 blow me away because I didn't listen. You're on your own. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They've never said that. Well, since you just want to drive where you want, you just end up wherever you do. And it doesn't do that. Instead, it gives you okay. You're where you shouldn't be, but here's how we can get you out of here. That's the way God leads us in our lives. So. If God be for us, who can be against us? He has promised to get us to the place of destiny. To the person who says, but Pastor Paul, wait a minute now, wait a minute. You were raised in the church. Yep. God has had his hand on you from an early age. You're, you're, it could be argued that your pathway, your destiny was formed many, many years ago. I, on the other hand, I'm... I'm still looking. I'm not sure what God wants for me. I don't feel satisfaction in my career. I don't feel any sense of, of purpose in my life. I want to yield to God. I want to be able to say, hey, Lord, let me serve you. I want to be in ministry for you. But mm. I don't seem to feel any sense of direction whatsoever. I have no idea really specifically what God wants to make of me. Is that person, the person to whom you would say, you got to get back to the word? The, the word is the key because that is a lamp to our feet and a light to our pathway. So I would encourage such a person, and I hope you're listening to us right now as Craig and I have this conversation. I hope that you will just get back to the fundamentals. 
If you're not a Bible reader, typically start at the Gospel of John, because that's where you hear so much from the mouth of Jesus himself, and just start reading. Find a church that won't judge you because you came in without church clothes on. Um, You come just as you are, and find people who will smile, welcome you in, teach you the Word of God, and Jesus knows that that's where your heart is, and I assure you, He is going to lead you as you just seek to follow him. Pastor Paul Shepard with us today. Again, information about his ministry, Destiny Christian Fellowship, located in Fremont, available on the web at destinybayarea.org. That's destinybayarea.org. I mentioned he has a daily broadcast right here on KFAX, heard Monday through Friday, 3.30 to 4 p.m. You can get more information about the broadcast by going to the KFAX website, kfax.com. Pastor Paul's radio ministry website is simply pastorpaul.net. That's pastorpaul.net. I'll mention, by the way, if you're busy out and about, 3.30 is not a good time for you. There's a brand new app available through pastorpaul.net where you can get his daily radio ministry available on demand right into your portable device. So check that out at pastorpaul.net. We'll take a brief time out right back to more of our visit with Pastor Paul Shepard from Destiny Christian Fellowship right after this. Michael Bennett in the KFAX Traffic Center. Michael. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. And welcome back to our visit. Pastor Paul Shepherd's with us today, native of Philadelphia, celebrating 35 years of ministry this year in pulpit ministry and another big milestone as he will celebrate 35 years of marriage to his wife, Meredith, and uh, two adult children. You've yes. got a son and a daughter. Yes. You've recently written a book on the topic of parenting, specifically addressing dads, Why God Created Dads. That's right. Uh, What was the passion behind writing that? I think I have a suspicion as to the answer. But when you talk about that issue specifically of parenting, um, a dad's got to be a dad. Yes. I, I love the fact that there are many single parents in today's world who haven't abandoned faith just because they don't have the luxury of being a part of a two-parent home where their children are being raised. Don't give up on God just because life throws you some curves. And so I wanted to encourage them. I wanted to strengthen people and help them understand that there is a plan and a pattern by which our homes can be well-governed. And so I just thought in a in an age when a lot of women are being told just go on and have a baby with any old stranger because all you want is the baby. You don't need a husband. They're, they're unreliable and, and things like that. I just wanted to speak a little truth and say, hey, yeah, some of you have had some bad experiences. So sorry about that. But let's not throw away dads because dads are God's idea. In fact, you can't even have a baby without the help of a dad. Uh, whether you acknowledge him or not, or whether you just try to use him as a as a sperm bank. But the truth is, God created us so that it takes two people to make the baby, because in ideal circumstances, it takes two people to raise them. And even if a dad isn't in a home with where the child's being raised, the dad needs to play a significant role. So in this book, and I hope if you don't have a copy, you'll get it on Amazon or or anywhere you can. I wrote it to just say, here's why God created dads. Here are some biblical mandates for men so that we can step up and play the role God's given us to play. If we do it, 
I think we can raise a great generation because God knows our children are smarter than ever, wiser than ever, but also they need more guidance than ever. And if we're not there to give them the guidance, you take kids who are smart, but they'll make dumb decisions and they won't have any guidance along the way. So let's be the dads God's called us to be. Is there also perhaps here, Pastor Paul, a huge ministry opportunity for the church in the sense that, and you alluded to this, that there are circumstances where a woman is a single parent, not out of choice, but out of circumstances beyond her control. There's a recognition that God did not do this by accident. He's very intentional in the role of mother and father. Yes. He demonstrates the importance of the role of father throughout the entirety of Scripture in and of himself. That's right. And yet in the cases where for whatever reason a young girl or a young man does not have a father present in their life, is this an opportunity for mentorship within the church? I think about, for example, the huge resource of grandparents that are out there. Yes. They're done with their job. They raise their kids. <laughs> and yet here's a granddaddy who could step in and say, grandson, while your father may not be here for you, I can be here for you. Yes. Or other men within the church that would say, you know what? I would love to be a father figure to a young man and also to provide not only encouragement and direction and support for that young man's life, but also give a little bit of a break to that hardworking single-parent mom who's trying to raise kids, sometimes multiple children, work a job full-time, and all the challenges that she faces. Is this a huge ministry opportunity that the church maybe has missed out on? I think it is an opportunity. We are currently in our church, we're reimagining, we're going through a, a period where we're calling it Reimagine Destiny Christian Fellowship. And we're dreaming out loud, what can we do that we're not doing that will make a positive difference? And what you just raised, Craig, is probably something on the list that we need to take a look at and see if we can get people prepared to to fill in that much um, much needed void that, that needs to be addressed. Because um, people don't come to church and to Christ under perfect circumstances, but I believe the body of Christ can be a resource for each other, and I think what you said, there's a lot of merit. We need to take a good look at that. I'm curious. Is that something that you feel is important from time to time, that that sense of sort of taking account of where not only one is in their own life, but in the example you just cited in a church and say, okay, time to check in yep. with God and ourselves to see, are we still in the direction that God called us to be? Are we underutilizing perhaps some resources? Are we doing all that is uh, in front of us that we can in terms of furthering the the mission of the church and certainly the, the mission of the church with the big C as well as small C in terms of the local body congregation. Um, Destiny Christian Fellowship, not all that old. Some people might say, gee, you're, you're seven years old. Right. There are churches that don't sit down to talk about where are we at, check in with God and themselves, 50, 60 years old until finally there's 10 people left in the congregation. They're all over <laughs> 85 true. and they say, gee, maybe we've missed something here. Yeah, that's true. We are, we're coming. In fact, October of 2017 will be our seventh anniversary. We're a six-plus-year-old um, church, and we're we're wanting to make a difference. I've never pastored in the East Bay until this season. I spent 20 years pastoring on the peninsula, um, 20 great years. 
Um, and then once we launched, after I went through a period of personal restoration, uh, we launched a new church, and it, the Lord uh, ended up putting us on in the East Bay. I was looking all over the Bay Area, okay, where are we going to start this church? And I had a, a large search grid, but the Lord just closed doors everywhere else except in Fremont. And I rent. I was able to lease a, um, a a facility that was not a church. It was an industrial building and create a worship center out of it. We're now purchasing that. And uh, so I'm in the East Bay and I'm trying to I'm trying to find out what do we need to do with the people not only around us, but we are also a commuter church, people driving in from from cities throughout Northern California. And I think all churches, not just mine, but all churches need to reimagine how can we do what we've never done. For instance, I am trying to learn what it means to reach millennials. I I am so shocked as I'm learning how different the generations are. We're, we currently have six living generations in America today. Researchers tell them, they identify them as six different generations. You have the people born uh, from 1900 to 1925, they're one generation. Then 1926 to 1944, another generation. And then, you know, you just have the baby boomers, my generation, people born from 45, 46 to 1964. I'm in that generation. But there are three generations after mine. Uh, we called them Generation X, baby, boom, uh, baby boomers came along. Then the three generations, Generation X, and now you've got millennials. And there's even an, an emerging generation after the millennials that's still forming um, and some people are calling them Generation Z. I want to learn how to reach them. They don't think like we do. They don't have instincts like we had. And we got to figure out how to reach them because God loves them just like he loved us. And if we will pray hard, work hard, and talk to the generations coming along, I think the Lord will help us to make a positive difference in their lives. Do you find the challenge is also, because you mentioned about the fact that the church for a while there, you were kind of nomads. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I think over the over the course of the first uh, four or five years of your existence, you were in a different location virtually every week every from the peninsula, week. South Bay, uh, in the East Bay as well, until the Lord opened the door for your current beautiful facility in Fremont. Uh, by the way, for listeners, you're located at 42326 Albrey Street yes. in the city of Fremont, conveniently right off the 880 freeway, and you can get complete information along with directions online at destinybayarea.org. That's destinybayarea.org. But finally, settling in the East Bay and Fremont, not only is it a challenge as it would be for any church in terms of learning how to reach multiplicity of generations whose thinking is different from year to year, whose means of communication is, mm-hmm. is different from generation to generation. But then you add to it the complexity that a community in the East Bay like Fremont is kind of like the United Nations. Yes, it is. You've got everything there from a large Asian population, a large Latino population. Uh, so is there ways in which the church also needs to be thinking about how can we be most effective at what used to be the mission field sending folks overseas, now right. is the mission field sending folks to the neighbor next door. That's right. And I want to learn how to reach these populations. Someone recently told me that the largest group of Afghan of the Afghan population outside of Afghanistan is actually here in Northern California. I was shocked to hear that. 
And uh, that tells me we can't just assume, well, they, they're probably Muslim by background, so they wouldn't really care about what we have. To, we have good news for everybody. It's not just for certain people. And so I've got to find ways. How can we let them know uh, that Jesus loves them and has a plan for their lives? And so we've really got to be bold these days and let our light shine because Jesus left us in the world as the light. He First, the Bible says he is the light of the world. And then when in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, you are the light of the world and you are the salt of the earth. So I think we need to be prayerful that the Lord will send us to such populations with the good news of Jesus. A brief time out. We'll come back with some closing comments from Pastor Paul Shepard, Senior Pastor at Destiny Christian Fellowship in the East Bay. Information on the web at destinybayarea.org. Time out. Back with more right after this. Get you an update on traffic. Michael Bennett in the KFAX Traffic Center. Michael. Back to our conversation. Some closing thoughts here in the home stretch as we visit today with Pastor Paul Shepard. He, of course, is speaker on the Destined for Victory broadcast. Heard weekday afternoons at 3.30 p.m. right here on KFAX. And you can learn more about the radio ministry, get podcasts, resources. We talked about one of Pastor Paul's most recent books, Why God Created Dads, that and other resources available through the website pastorpaul.net. That's pastorpaul.net. And again, if you'd like to get more information, maybe drop by and visit the church on Sunday. Services at 8.30 and 11 a.m. and Wednesday Bible study at 7 p.m. Destiny Christian Fellowship meets at 42326 Albrey Street in Fremont, conveniently right off the 880 freeway. Details again on the web at destinybayarea.org. That's destinybayarea.org. You began, as we mentioned, seven years ago with a small group of of folks, planted this new church. It is growing by leaps and bounds, and you've got a beautiful new facility there, as we mentioned a moment ago. Folks come and they say, okay, give me a sense. What's the flavor of the church? If if you had to have that 30-second elevator conversation, as they say, with someone and said, Pastor Paul, tell me about your church, how would you describe Destiny Christian Fellowship? Well, I'm letting them know that we are a church for all people. We're our uh, largest group in terms of demographics is African-American, but I'm so grateful that I pastor people uh, from various cultural groups because really the church isn't about culture. The church is about the kingdom, and the kingdom's made up of everybody who follows Christ. And so we are growing. I want to grow more and more diverse in terms of uh, cultures, but we are a church for all people. Come as you are. We worship. You can dress up or you can dress casually, and we really want people to find Jesus in a meaningful way. By the way, if you don't have anywhere you plan to be Easter Sunday, uh, come and join us because my guest that day is going to be a WNBA uh, star. She just retired. Uh, Tamika Ketchings is her name. She played her whole WNBA career in Indiana. She has four gold medals, including this last Olympics 2016. She and the women's team from the USA won the gold medal. And she's a believer. And I'm going to be talking about how you can start out in life being bullied as she was because she had significant loss of hearing since birth. She was bullied because of the apparatus she had in her ear. But she grew to find Jesus, and she found out that if God be for you, it doesn't matter who's against you. Come learn more about her testimony. 
bring some young people, especially young people these days who are being bullied on social media, whatever, they're going to hear a word of hope. Join us on Easter Sunday or any Sunday. You're welcome at Destiny. And certainly they can sample your preaching. As we mentioned, we'll hear a complete sermon by Pastor Paul Shepard coming up Sunday at 12 noon right here on KFAX. And you can get samples throughout the week on Destined for Victory at 3.30 p.m. each Monday through Friday on KFAX. But if you had to describe your, your approach yes. uh, behind the pulpit, people say, well, some pastors like to tell a lot of stories. Others will get really deep into Scripture. Where, where do you fit on that continuum? I take the truths of Scripture, and I make sure they are applied in a timely way, because truth is timeless, but preaching needs to be timely. And so I do a lot of work to take what could be difficult as you study Scripture and make sure it sounds easy. I, I go uh, with, with uh, preachers who say we've got to take the truth and put it down where the kids can get them, put them within reach of the kids. And if you can do that, then everybody will understand the message. And that's when you come to Destiny, I will make sure you not only aren't bored, but I'll make sure that the message is something you can understand, even if you don't come from a church background. Is contextualizing as you preach from God's Word, or as somebody studies God's Word for that matter, is that important? And I ask that question because... We have the whole council, 66 books, Genesis to Revelation. And I think to myself, you know, as a young believer, I would get bogged down in things like genealogy or think, well, (laughs) this Leviticus stuff is kind of interesting. I don't know how it applies to me, but it's kind of interesting. And you wonder, well... Is it by accident that all of that counsel is in there? Or if we look at canon scripture, can we say God was very intentional at leaving the totality of scripture there and that every jot and tittle, in fact, um, can teach us something about daily living, our relationships with God, our relationships with others? And so in in terms of, of contextualizing scripture and then looking at the practical application from Genesis to the end of Revelation. Is it all in there on purpose? I think it is. The Lord wanted to give us the history of redemption as well as the truth of redemption. And so he starts us literally from the beginning of mankind and walks us all the way through. And I tell people, if you're new, start at the Gospel of John, read through the New Testament so that you get a good grasp on the covenant that we currently live under, the new covenant. But don't abandon the fact that there is truth in the in the Old Testament. In fact, Paul was very clear when he wrote, and he said that the Old Testament has important truths that we need to learn so that we can see how good our God was when he brought us to the place where Jesus came to save us from our sins. So, yeah, take a journey in the scriptures. Don't abandon any part of it. The parts you don't know, um, study to show yourself approved. Hopefully you go to a church where your pastor is committed and the, and the teachers in that church. And I think it will all speak to us because every book, as you just said, Craig, is there for a reason. And I would imagine, too, God enables us to have a better appreciation of what it means to experience his grace yes. if we understand in context what that grace means. Grace is not as amazing if you don't have the context of the law behind it. It's one thing to say, bless God, I'm saved, but <laughs> saved from what? That's right. That is so true. And we need to learn exactly what God was doing when he first... The Bible says Jesus was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. 
And the only way you'll come to know how significant that is, is to see what happened leading to his coming to earth. And we, you, you get a good idea from the Old Testament of our need for salvation. You get a good idea of how the Lord prophesied to us hundreds of years before Christ comes. You find, for instance, the prophet Isaiah making very specific statements about who Jesus was so that we would recognize him when he got here. And we knew exactly who Jesus was because he was prophesied well in the Old Testament. The book is just full of wonderful truths, and you'll enjoy it if you spend time in God's Word. Final question today for those listening that say, you know, I've strayed from the Lord, and I'm not quite sure totally how to get back. I I feel embarrassed by the fact that I've known better, and yet I've allowed myself to stray. And others that might say... You know, I, I'm not so sure about all this Christianity business, and, and I've been reading Scripture a little bit, and I've got a friend who's been talking to me about Jesus, and and um, I don't know, I thought I kind of accidentally found this radio broadcast today, but I, I'm, I'd like to know, how do I start this relationship? For those individuals, what would you say to them listening right now? I would say the good news is Jesus came for people like you. He You know, unfortunately, in certain religious circles, people show you their consternation when you are at your lowest. But Jesus, that's when he shows you his love. And he would love to bring you into a meaningful relationship with himself. And all you've got to do is say to him, Lord, here's where I am. You know what's going on in my life. And I want you to lead me from here. I'm open to you. Speak to me through your word. Send me to the right person, the right church, that I can get to know who you are. And he will lead you in a path that will result in total transformation by the power of God. As you've heard in our conversation today, studying of God's word, being in a solid Bible teaching church is critically important to the growth of your relationship with the Lord. If you're looking for a church home, let me suggest that you can check out Destiny Christian Fellowship any Sunday. Information online at destinybayarea.org. That's destinybayarea.org. The church, by the way, meets in Fremont Sunday mornings at 8.30 and 11 a.m. And then there's also a Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. Information on the web at destinybayarea.org. If you're someone who loves to go deeper in God's Word, and I suspect by listening to a radio station like this that, in fact, describes you, then we invite you to tune in to the Destined for Victory radio broadcast with Pastor Paul Shepard, heard Monday through Fridays at 3.30 p.m. right here on KFAX. More information about the broadcast is as well as some resources available through Pastor Paul's website. It's easy, pastorpaul.net. That's pastorpaul.net. Pastor Paul Shepherd, thanks so much for the time today. Thanks, Craig. Always a joy to be with you. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Lifeline. Thanks so much for being with us. And if there was anything you heard on today's show that you'd like to hear again or share with a friend, grab a copy of the Lifeline podcast. Simply log on to kfax.com. That's kfax.com for the Lifeline podcast. Our producer is Wanda Sanchez. I'm Craig Roberts. Till next time around, remember, just don't keep the faith. Get out there and share it and make it a great evening. So long. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.